I was thinking about doing some gambling myself. You know, just a little bit of money. Maybe doubling it and doubling it several more times. I don't know. Kind of just for fun. I was thinking, do you have any tips or ideas about sure things? Welcome in. We are back with another edition of By the Hook. Colby Powell, Andrew Gilman with you. Andrew, we were out last week for Thanksgiving. We got to see just an awful Cowboys game against the football team on Thanksgiving. Uh, and now here we are on a Wednesday afternoon at what time is it? About 4.30 on a Wednesday afternoon. And we're just watching yep. a little live NFL action. Just a normal Wednesday afternoon. That's what I was about to say. Why wouldn't we be watching the best rivalry in the NFL on a Wednesday in the middle of the afternoon? Seems like that's why it should be. Bold claim. Best rivalry in the NFL. Actually, what I, don't do think, you think I, I, I don't think that's very bold at all. I think this is clearly the best rivalry in the NFL. I mean, these teams have been re- – they're not just good rivals like the Cowboys and the Eagles are. They're good every year. I know the Ravens sort of sunk it up the last couple weeks, but these teams are high uh, – High velocity every year. They're they're in the mix for uh, not only just the playoffs but the Super Bowl, and they've won a couple Super Bowls too. So I I enjoyed this game. I don't enjoy it on a Wednesday afternoon, but it's better not watching it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. This has been a two team division for a long time, and this year it looks like Cleveland is going to sneak up and uh, find themselves in second place in this division, assuming that something does not go wrong down the stretch. And with that, let's dive into the NFL action coming up this week. And why don't we just go ahead and start with those Cleveland Browns? There is no Thursday night game, so let's look ahead to Sunday. Cleveland is at Tennessee. Tennessee playing pretty well the last couple of weeks, as is Cleveland. Tennessee's a six-point favorite in this one. What side of that do you fall on? I can't figure out Tennessee. They've looked really good this year. I was in on them, and then they sort of stink it up for a couple weeks, and now they're back. I think this is a tough call. Um, You know, Baker Mayfield hasn't been throwing a bunch of interceptions. I think they've sort of limited him to what he's doing. Uh, Are you looking at five and a half on this one, five, five and a half? Yeah, I'm looking at six is what I'm seeing right now. Oh, wow. Okay, you're seeing six right now? Well, I'm seeing 82% of the money. 82% of the money, 62% of the bets are on the Titans here. That's 62% of the bets to cover a touchdown against this Browns team, and the Titans have been playing so well. I mean, my inclination is to go fade the public here and just take the Browns and Baker Mayfield, but, man, I just don't trust Baker at this point. Uh, He's played in every type of weather, that's for sure, lately, and then finally uh, on the road, they've played a couple home games in a row, too, but I have a hard time trusting the Browns on the road here. I, I I would probably go Titans. I know that the public have lined up on that side, but I'm thinking Titans are no play here. Yeah, I think this is probably a no play. I will say, I think I underestimated Kevin Stefanski. I think he's got to be a contender for coach of the year. He has managed, he has coached to his personnel about as well as anybody in the league. They run the ball like 70% of the time on offense, and Baker throws more off play action than any other quarterback in the NFL. So they saw what Baker was. They they saw some of his deficiencies under the previous head coaches because they were trying to make him do things he's not good at, and they've put him in a position to succeed, and it's worked really well this year in Cleveland. But I think it's a no play. I think both those teams are really unpredictable. Uh, How about Lions-Bears? I mean, this is, you know, two two big animals that uh, neither one's very threatening right now. They think, and, you know, uh, I sort of, whenever, whenever I talk about betting, there's certain things I look at, there's certain things that I sort of go with, and, and generally my rule is don't bet on crappy teams, but what have I done all year? I bet the Lions, 
I lost at Lions again on Thanksgiving. I think I bet the Lions on Thanksgiving the last 18 years. Shame I think I've lost you. them all. It's terrible. I bet the Falcons all the time. I did pick up the Falcons-Raiders win last week, finally. So I think I'm one for 2020 on the Falcons now, which is exciting. But if there was ever a time, these, both these teams stink, by the way, and Trubisky is going to start, right? So we're looking at a Lions team that fits one of my criteria to bet. If your coach gets fired, take that team the next week. I like them a lot because they're going to have a little bit of fire underneath them. But, man, are they dreadful. I don't think you have Swift. I don't think you have a Galladay. I think they're in big trouble. But on the other side of the ball was that Bears team. They didn't any good. 89% of the money, though, Lions. 62% of the bets, Lions. I think they're thinking the same thing I am, which is get Matt Patricia out of there and you got a chance. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know who the interim is going to be for Detroit, but I know that Doesn't Detroit matter. has a better head coach today than they had on Sunday. So whoever uh, the interim is, he's going to be better than Matt Patricia. I would lean Lions here, and it sounds like it's a square play. It sounds yep. like the public's on that side, but yep. I don't trust the Bears as far as I can throw. No, and uh, you know, the thing about it is Nick Foles isn't going to get you anything, and the Bears are stuck again because they need another – they need a quarterback. You think Nick Foles is coming back there next year? And if he is, he's not the long-term answer. Anyhow, the Bears are in a bad position because they're not bad enough to get a really good draft pick, and they're not good enough to make the playoffs. I would hate to be a Bears fan, but not as badly as I hate to be a Lions fan, which means I think I heard they have one playoff win since 1960, something like that. Wow. Yeah. One, that's, one that playoff sounds about win. right. Yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. You know who they ought to hire is that broken arrow coach. All he does is win, and he gets fired. So there yeah, you go. that was wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. I would not have bet on that side. Deal. Yeah, even if you would have given me the hook, I wouldn't have bet on him losing his job up there at Broken Arrow. Uh, here's a team that's come on as of late, but now they're without a couple playmakers. Houston Texans. No Will yep. Fuller on the offensive side. No Bradley Roby in the defensive secondary. Both suspended six games by the NFL. Three-point line here in favor of the Colts. Colts minus three on the road. Game being played in Houston. You think uh, Houston keeps like pulling, I, or you think they get trounced? I feel like I keep. I feel like uh, I am getting uh, way too lined up with the public. I think this is a dangerous road to go down. But the Colts, after not showing up last week, you got to hang. You, you got to sort of. You got to bet on Philip Rivers, which is never that much fun. But they're covering this three and a half against a Texans team that's not that good. Uh, in, in some trouble. Plus, you've got Romeo Cornell, which I don't really trust him at all. 92% of the money, Colby. 69% of the bets. Everyone's on the Colts here. Minus three and a half. I'd probably lay the hook, too. I think the Colts roll them here. This is a good situation for them. Left for dead uh, after last week. Probably a lot of public. And obviously, it didn't work because the public isn't convinced that the Colts are as bad as they looked last week. But I think you lay the three and a half here. I hate that the public is on this side, but the Colts yep. are my favorite play of the week. I think it's a matchup yep. nightmare for the Texans. The Colts have one of the best yep. defenses in the league. Yep. They're coming off yep. a terrible performance, one of their worst of the season, maybe their worst of the season. They just got trounced by Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and the Titans last week. I think the Colts are going to – this is the type of game that I feel like the Colts get out to a 17 nothing lead, and then Houston maybe scores a couple times to make it close, and then Indianapolis ends up winning by maybe 10, something like that. But I, I just think without Will Fuller, I don't know if – David Johnson will be back, so you might have your two best playmakers on offense outside Deshaun Watson, of course. Might be Brandon Cooks and Duke Johnson. You don't want yeah, your two best playmakers on offense to be Brandon Cooks and Duke Johnson. No, those are good third and fourth playmakers, though. Agreed. But like you yeah. said, well, like you said, 
you know, the, the other bad news is not only are we lining up with the general public, for the most part, we've agreed with each other. So this is dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous. All right, now we can find me a game. Here's a game yeah, we'll disagree on because I already know which side you're on because it's your favorite team. The Saints are the three point. The Saints are three point favorites in Atlanta. I'm assuming you're riding the Falcons hard, maybe even on the money line. There's something screwy with this line, Colby. This isn't right. This isn't right. This is not right at all. The Saints. I know the Falcons won big last week. They're catching three, three and a half at home, depending on who you look at. But why is that line only three and a half? What's wrong with that? That makes me think, you know what that makes me think, Colby? Falcons. Falcons all day on this one. And the public is behind me. 77% of the money, 45% of the bet. Only 23% of the money is on the Saints in this game. Something's going on here. Why would the Saints only be a three, three and a half point favorite? You jump through more hoops to talk yourself into betting the Falcons than I any other team. and <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm just saying... I think the line looks screwy too, but I don't care. New Orleans is so much better than Atlanta. I, I'm going to swallow the fact that this is a screwy line, and I'm going to bet the Saints minus the three. If it's three and a half, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm looking at three right now. I Just stop jumping through hoops to bet the Falcons. They don't love you as much as you love them. That, well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I, I think that you put that in a, a really – that's an effective way to describe the situation. But when that line is that screwy, you can't just ignore it. There's something going on. I know that the Falcons are not as good as the 43-6 to win over the Raiders. Conversely, the Raiders are not that bad either. That stuff happens from time to time. I don't expect a repeat performance. I get that. But also, I think that there's just something else going on there that we need to t- take in mind. And I, there's other people that believe me, too. All that money's behind them. Yeah, Why I mean, not? clearly there's a lot of people on that side, but I'll go ahead and lay the three with the Saints. Now, this is a game that I'm having a difficult time with. Maybe the best game yeah. of the week. Uh, this is Rams-Cardinals in Arizona. I'm showing a three-point line right now. Rams favored by three. They're coming off just a pretty bad loss to a Nick Mullins-led 49ers team. The Cardinals coming yep. off a pretty bad loss to the Cam Newton-led New England Patriots. So both these teams' bad performances last week end up losing on field goals late. Rams minus three in Arizona. What do you like? Yeah, I'm saying uh, Rams. Yeah, you're showing Rams minus three. That's what I got, too. Uh, is that two losses in, a, in two weeks for the Cardinals, both by three points? I think it is. Uh, what the, who'd they play two weeks ago? They played uh, Seattle. Remember, they were coming off the win where they had Hopkins catch the ball in the end zone. Yeah, against and then the Bills, we both yeah. love we both love Seattle. The next week, turns out they were a, a money line winner, uh, and then they lose that game by three, and then they lose this past week by three. Is uh, something Seahawks I've heard beat them by seven. Seahawks beat them twenty-eight twenty-one. Okay, okay. Are, are you seeing? Is there something wrong with Kyler Murray's shoulder? I've heard something's wrong with his shoulder. Uh, he did hurt his shoulder in that Thursday night yep. game against Seattle two weeks ago. So I don't know if the shoulder hindered him on Sunday or if it was just the fact that he's a young quarterback seeing Bill Belichick's defense for the first time. Bill Belichick, uh, I saw his record this week going up against a quarterback for the first time, and Belichick's Probably record going against a quarterback for the first time is staggering. Like it, it well, I can't that, remember it, but I remember it though. floored me. Do what? That's misleading, though, because Bill Belichick's record against everyone is staggering. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so let's get back to the Cardinals here. They looked not great the last two weeks. Probably shouldn't have lost to that Patriots team. They lose to the Seahawks the week before. I think this is a team that was hot earlier in the season. I liked them early in the season. I liked them through the middle of the season. 
I think this is a good spot for them. They're getting points at home against a Rams team that's been uh, up and down. Jared Goff is hard to figure. Give me the points at home against the Cardinals team coming off two straight losses, 59% of the money. Uh, but 66 uh, the public is on the Rams here, 65% of the bet. But the, the money the money is on the Cardinals. So I sort of like the Cardinals in this spot, catching some points uh, at home. Yeah, I'm betting entirely too many favorites this week, but I like the Rams. I, I like the matchup with Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins. I think you can put him out there. And, I mean, Hopkins will still get a few. He'll still get his a little bit. But I think you can yep. minimize him. You've got Aaron Donald yep. in the middle. I think that makes it a little tougher for them to run the ball. I think Los Angeles wins this somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, uh, 31 24 something like that so i actually like los angeles to cover here but i do think that that has the potential to be the best game of the week uh now the best team of the week every week last week the chiefs beat the bucks by three but it felt like they won by about 30 and then just started cruising and let tampa bay kind of you know get out of there with some pride kansas city is a 14 point favorite this week over Denver. The, the Denver yep. Saints game on Sunday wasn't really an NFL game. Denver didn't have a quarterback uh, because of the COVID stuff that they had to deal with. Drew Locke back this week, so they've got their quarterback, but they're in Kansas City. Two touchdown lined. I mean, does Kansas City care enough about this game to cover yeah. by two touchdowns? And, and does it matter? I, I don't. Well, one, to answer your question is no, they don't care enough to cover, but two, I think they do anyhow. Uh, uh, Mahomes is too good. 92% of the money, 77% of the best. You know, this is a very square play. It's a very square play. Everyone's on one side. I don't think the Chiefs have to work hard to win this game 31 10, uh, 34 14, something, something like that. Drew Locke isn't any good either. I don't know who they had a quarterback last week. Nobody did, but is Drew Locke an NFL quarterback? I don't think he is. Yeah, he's borderline for sure. I, I think Sunday. Okay. I think Sunday in that Chiefs-Bucks game, we saw the greatest quarterback of all time and the future greatest quarterback of all time. I I think that highly Maybe. of Mahomes. I, I really do. I, I think he's going to win. Uh, I think he'll get enough rings to fill a hand up, at least. And, yeah. you know, you don't say well, that about too many guys. And certainly you don't play the games to cover, as the old Chiefs coach would say, you play to win the game. But I think the Chiefs win and cover here. That number is big. Uh, and that's sort of an auto play in the NFL. If you see 10, 10 and a half points, uh, turn it around and take the uh, dog. But in this case, I'd have a hard time swallowing the Broncos on this thing. I'd ride with the Chiefs all the way up to 14 for sure. Yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago, the Chiefs were almost three touchdown favorites against the Jets and covered without too much trouble there. Uh, right, a right. Good, good game on Monday night. Probably a better game than I think people thought it was going to because the Niners have been playing better football of late. Bills and 49ers. This is only a two-point line on Monday night. Buffalo's favored by two. San Francisco's coming off a good win against L.A., so what do you think here? Oh, if San Francisco's coming off of a good win, I, I think the the the, uh, the Bills, they're sort of fun to watch in a way because when they put it together, they're really good, and I think that they're good enough to make a run. I don't know that they will, uh, but give me the Bills uh, on the road Minus two Monday night. I like them in this play, and 93% of the money is on the bill, so that means that the smart guys are behind me on this one, 54% of the bets. That means, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's pretty split there, but I like the Bills in this spot. I think the 49ers look good last week, but I don't know how good they are in the long term. The Bills are the better team here, and you're only laying two. Yeah, that's the Bills are definitely the better team. San Francisco's playing good football right now. I don't know what it is. Yep. They're, they're not making mistakes, for one. They're playing fairly mistake-free football. And 
they're just doing just enough to win and keep themselves in. I mean, at five and six, they're only a game back of Arizona. They're only two games back of the Rams. Garoppolo and Kittle could come back at some point. I don't know that they will, but they could. That being said, I think Buffalo's quite a bit of a better team. Yep. I, I do think the 49ers can cause problems for Josh Allen with some of the accuracy issues and decision-making issues he still has, but I think I'm riding the better team, minus two. There's only one other game in the NFL this week that has a reasonably close line that doesn't involve just a terrible team, and that's the New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, a matchup between Cam Newton and Justin Herbert. Obviously, advantage goes to Justin Herbert there, but it's a one-point yep. favorite yep. for the Patriots. I've got New England minus one. Is that what you're showing? I'm showing I'm showing plus one. I'm showing Patriots plus one. Okay, we're which, on different side. I've, I've got a minus one, yeah. but it's minus 105. So it's juiced on the other side for the Chargers plus one. Yeah, I'm showing minus 115 at plus one. But this is, this might be my favorite play of the week. And 50% of the bets are on both teams. How about that? So it's, it's split 65% of the money. Uh, 65%, excuse me, 65% of the bets are on the Chargers. 50% of the money, but... You mentioned Herbert and Cam Newton. You're right. Herbert's better. But what do the Patriots do pretty decent? They defend the pass pretty well. And you know what the Chargers think at? Coaching. You know what the Patriots are pretty good at? Coaching. You just told me about the stat of Bill Belichick versus first-time quarterback. My guess is that he hasn't faced Justin Herbert very often either, right? Uh, Zero times, to be exact. Yeah. Yeah, I love this play. I love the Patriots here. I know that they played uh, and won last week again. Uh, against a team that maybe a lot of people thought the Cardinals were the better play. I, I'm surprised that this line is so slim. Uh, give me the Patriots as a short dog on this one, or minus one, somewhere in the pick em range. I, I think the Patriots are the play here. I think the Chargers figure out ways to lose games, and the Patriots would do everything possible to win. Yeah, this game's tough tough to handicap for me because I feel like L.A. Yep. is the better team, with the, certainly with the better players. I mean, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, uh, Austin yeah. Eckler now is back from injury. They've got Hunter Henry tied in. Lose. But all they do is lose. I can't. I just. Right. I can't figure it out. They they invent ways to lose at the end That's of exactly games, right. and for that reason, I mean, they're going against the best head coach of all time. We just saw what his schemes yep. did to Kyler Murray a week ago. I think I'm with you. I think in a game that's yep. close to a pick I I have to think that they're going to win that game. I have to think that uh, that the Patriots are going to be able to win that game. So that's about all we've got in the NFL. I mean, unless you want to talk about the, the Vikings and the Jags. but No, I don't want to talk about the Vikings and the Jags. But Colby, pardon me when I say there's some really shitty teams getting a bunch of points this week that I sort of like. Okay, you like the Jets, don't you? No, no, no. That one I like the Raiders, actually. I would lay the eight with the Raiders so would in I. a minute because because they're coming off the worst performance of the year. The Jets aren't trying to win. But I'll tell you who I do like, and uh, I would probably throw all of these together if you wanted to tease it up, six points or seven points. I like Washington catching 10 against the Steelers team. I like that one a lot. And you On know Monday, like right? To, so that's a Wednesday to Monday that, turnaround. That's exactly right. That's a... <laughs> Also, the Steelers are, have a corner on the afternoon, mid, midday, uh, what time non-weekend that game. start game. Monday? It, it's showing 4 o'clock here. 4 okay. o'clock. Okay. That's perfect. Why wouldn't they? And that line looks like it just moved to 11. How about that? So, um, we, got a, we got a line movement here. Um, I'll tell you who else I would take, and you would have to really hold your nose, and I've taken them a bunch the last couple weeks. I got the, maybe the, the worst win that I didn't deserve all year. I'd take the Eagles getting that points. That was a terrible win Monday night. You should be ashamed of it yourself was. for cashing that ticket. 
I know. Well, I, I'm not, but I am at the same time. You're exactly right. But I would take the Eagles getting points at the Packers. Uh, 57% of the money is on the Eagles. You're showing any, what are you showing? Um, Eagles, six and a half, seven, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, I think I've got a seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half. Yeah, if you can get seven and a half, I'd grab the Eagles there. That line probably goes up, honestly. Um, so I like the Eagles and I like Washington. And obviously, those are really bad NFC East teams, although Washington's probably playing the best of any of them right now. I don't mind the Washington play. They've been better since Alex Smith took over. Yep. Uh, he's actually looked pretty good at quarterback. Antonio Gibson has really come on. They look good defensively. Yep. I don't like the Eagles. I think the Eagles, uh, what what the Packers are really bad at is defending the run. And for whatever reason, Doug Peterson is committed to letting Carson Wentz <laughs> drop back and make a oh, clown out of himself 40 times a game. He's so bad. So I, I just... But but I think he's being set up to fail. I mean, Miles Sanders yeah. and Boston Scott are really good backs, both averaging more than four and a half yards a carry, and they just kind of refuse to run the ball. I, I, I just I couldn't understand it against the Seahawks on Monday, and I think we're going to see something similar against the Packers. So I like your your Washington play. I don't like your Eagles play. So I'll, I'll what support about, with you on those. Okay, fair. Would you lay the ten and a half uh, and take the Dolphins against the Bengals? Oh, whew. I think I would. I think I would do that. I, I know more of the money uh, is on the Bengals at this point, but I think the Dolphins are the team to beat here. I think the Bengals are done. Yeah, I think that's that minus ten and a half. It seems too high because we're used to Miami being a four and twelve, five and eleven sort of team the last several years, right? They've been terrible. Uh, I think that they're getting over. People think that that's too many points for that kind of team. But that number is high enough that makes me think, I think Dolphins in a runaway here, yeah. 30 to 7, something like that. Yeah, I would lay the points there with the Dolphins as well. Uh, Fitzmagic might even still try to prove that he's the guy for the time being. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I, I like that there. Um, everything else in the NFL is garbage. Let's transition to a little college football. Uh, okay. Why don't we talk okay. about the, the new assistant coach in Norman? You know, they, they're going to have a new assistant coach. Do you see that? I saw that he's a, uh, they hired a tequila salesman. That's really weird. Which is – it is so weird. I mean, I guess they were down at the local liquor store, kind of liked yep. this guy, liked kind of his vibe. He was talking about he was, maybe the bedlam matchup, and they decided to hire him as an interim assistant coach. Maybe he was drawing plays on the back of a napkin or something. Yeah, could be. So Bob Stoops will be on the sidelines, and he will have to try – to help OU cover a 21-and-a-half-point spread against a Baylor Bears team coming off just a huge win against Kansas State last week. Yep. Uh, that is, yep. that was a nice comeback. Well, it was a nice comeback, but that's all sarcasm. Baylor's not playing for, for much this year down there under Dave Aranda. 21-and-a-half. No. OU cover? Yeah, I'm showing 21-and-a-half, 22-and-a-half, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, I think OU covers this one. I think they got a lot to prove. I think that they leave in, you know, if Bob Stoops is on the sideline, whether he's coaching or watching, you know what that means. The starting quarterback stays in. He doesn't like to take out the starting quarterback. Lincoln Riley is not much different, honestly. 85% of the bets, 69% of the money on OU. Uh, I, I think that OU is still playing for something. And here's why I say something, which is there is so – first of all, they have to play this game. If they don't, uh, they could get into some trouble with, you know, uh, they might not have enough games. What OSU could pass them somehow maybe get into the Big 12 championship. I don't know all the parameters in that regard. But I'm not so sure that the playoff this year is just going to be four teams. If Ohio State isn't getting in the playoff for whatever reason, because they haven't played enough games, maybe this is the year that they expanded to eight, 12, or 16. Is that possible that that could happen? 
Yeah, I don't see that happening. Also, there is no minimum to get into the playoff. Now, Ohio State has to play six to get into the Big Ten championship game, but right, the- theoretically, right. they could be 4-0, and and the committee could put them in the playoff. There's no, there's no minimum for the playoff. Do we know for sure, has it been said, and, and, and I'm asking a legitimate question, that only four teams are making the playoff this year? No, we don't know for sure that it's only going to be four. That's there have point. been rumors that it could be more. That's my point. I think, listen, I'm not suggesting that OU is some sort of world beater. I am suggesting they're playing a hell of a lot better than they did in September. Obviously, anyone knows that. They've gotten it together a little bit. The defense has been better. Uh, um, Obviously, Rattler's been better. They found some weapons. Uh, Stevenson's really good at running back. I think they're an outside chance to make the playoff. Well, not only an outside chance, they are in the playoff if it goes to more than four teams. They're in the top eight. eight, They're in, yeah. That's exactly right, and I think that's what they're playing for. They're trying to they're trying to impress with that all in mind, without knowing anything at all about the Baylor personnel. It doesn't matter. This should be a 49-14 game. It should be. Here's my concern. Oklahoma comes off that big beatdown of OSU two Saturdays ago. They're yeah, all hyped okay. up. But, but, but hear me out here. They're rolling. I mean, they're really rolling, playing as good a football as maybe anybody in the country. Maybe not Alabama and Clemson. But aside right. from Alabama sure. and Clemson, maybe Notre Dame, throw them in there. About as good a football as anybody in the country. And then they're getting Agreed. all fired up. They're getting ready to just stay rolling. And then COVID hits. And you have to Maybe. shut everything down. And, and your game gets canceled. And now you've got this weird bye week. And you've had a game moved. And now you have to try to get up to play a bad team. And, you know, it's at home, but it's limited fans. It's going to be cold Saturday night. I This sounds crazy. If I were going to play this game, I think I would play Baylor plus the 21 and a half because I think that OU is just going to be a little flat from everything that's transpired over the last 10 days. Can you get, can you do me a favor and uh and, and make a notation of this? No 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 more making fun of me about jumping through hoops for the Falcons. You're <laughs> lining up to take Baylor. Well, and if Baylor were taking the Falcons, I would take the Falcons. But uh if Baylor <laughs> were playing the you Falcons. Probably probably. Wouldn't. Yeah, I probably, you probably wouldn't. wouldn't. You'd, you'd probably take the Bears over the fighting Falcons at this yeah, point. But you're, you're probably yeah, right. I, I think that you're really I think you could hurt your. I think you could hurt your back stretching. I think you could hurt your back if you're not careful. It's just and been we a weird couple Brit- weeks for OU. It's been a weird couple it's a weeks. Weird, it's been a weird decade for Baylor. Every <laughs> week is a every week is a, a soap opera with those guys. It's been that way forever. You're, yeah. I, I think I think you're really. I don't think OU even have to. I, I don't think that they have to play above and beyond to cover that twenty-one or twenty-two. I think it just comes natural to them. I think that they're primed to make more. They're turning the ball over. They're getting turnovers. They're forcing stuff on their defensive line. Baylor, if they, the only way that Baylor covers this game, Colby, is if they decide to run the ball on third nine all day and just get out of town and run the clock. I think, and then that very well may happen. But I still think that's a thirty to seven game. Yeah, maybe you're right. I know this much: if Gundy was coaching Baylor, I would immediately bet OU to cover the twenty-one and a half. But since it's Dave Miranda, which, yeah. This 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 Pittsburgh Baltimore game, Pittsburgh went for it three two times on fourth and goal. Uh, Baltimore's done that already once this game. Gundy hasn't gone for it on fourth and goal since since I think Pat Jones was around, and it wasn't even his call when they went for it. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. I mean, yep. depending on how far you get backed up because of a holding penalty or something, Gundy he could punt on fourth and goal. You get him back to the twenty seven, twenty eight. 
That could be a punt. The dude's allergic. The dude's allergic to going for touchdowns, and and that's another story for another time. But exactly, uh, this isn't the anti-punting yeah, podcast. Yeah. Although we should start an anti-punting podcast where we just go on here every a, week and yell about punts. You know what? That doesn't sound like we'd have a niche market, but I think it would be a vibrant niche market. We wouldn't be the silent. We'd be the we'd be the uh, vocal minority in that for sure. Yes, hundred um, percent. All right. So speaking of the punting guru himself. Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. two-and-a-half-point favorites in Fort Worth on Saturday. Uh, Oklahoma State's been playing low-scoring nonsense all year. That went away last week against Texas Tech. It was weird. It was an onside kick for a touchdown, a pick six, you know, some, yeah. some fumbles late in the game. Uh, and then they end up barely covering. Uh, actually, they don't cover. The Texas Tech came back and covered yeah. the 11. Oklahoma State had a chance to cover, and Desmond Jackson took a knee inside the five, which was smart. They took knees and yep. ended the game. Uh, Gundy didn't yep. like that. Gundy would have rather scored there to go up by two possessions but uh i know. thought he was i thought he was downing it right there so gundy could call a timeout so they could kick a field goal <laughs> win, win by nine you know gundy said after the game that he would have rather him scored there right he didn't really say that did he andrew he really did say that well here's the deal on that and i was explaining to someone they said well why would he do that the chances of uh texas tech winning that game uh were close to less than zero percent i understand one percent let's say one percent but the only chance the only chance Texas had Tech of winning that game down two scores with less than a minute to go is to have the ball. That's the only chance. They never got the ball. They have zero chance. That's the smart play there. Exactly. It's easy. They, they, they said nobody told Desmond Jackson taken, to do that. He did it on his own. So good for Desmond Jackson for being smarter than his head coach. It, it would have taken a, a miracle compounded with another miracle times another miracle for Texas Tech to win that game. But you know what? You can throw a bomb. A Hail Mary gets tipped, you score, onside kick, you get the ball back. Who knows? I'm not saying that it's going to happen. Hey, hey, it also, doesn't happen. You're, you're right. It would have taken a miracle, but I bet Sir Roderick Thompson, the running back for Tech, wishes that he would have taken a knee earlier this season against Texas, and they could have sure. run the clock out. Sure. And Texas scored 15 points in the last two minutes and beat them when Tech could have taken knees and run the clock out. So, anyway, it was a smart play. But, only, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine how Gundy does it. Does he not have someone on the sidelines? I mean, College coaches, you can hire however many college coaches you want. You should have a guy that has the binder of all the rules on the sideline or in the press box. That's all he does is he's the rules guy because Gundy's been burned by that in Central Michigan once before, right, when he didn't know the rule. He didn't know the rule and it cost him the game. The ref botched it, and Gundy should have been down there on the sideline telling him you botched the rule. He didn't do that. He should also have another coach that is explicitly down there to explain when to go for two and when not to go for two or when to kick a field goal or not kick a field goal. I don't see the downside in hiring guys like that. And yeah, yet, we should get a new here release we are. that says Mike Gundy has hired a common-sense coach to follow him around on the sidelines. It would make sense. A coach to uh, keep him from punting on the other team's 39 down by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I, the only chance you have to win the game when you're down 21 with seven minutes to go or whatever it was is to hold on to the ball. It's a, it's a, such a small, small improbability. I get that. But you have no chance, none, if you give the ball up. Conversely, that's what Desmond Jackson understood, and it's too bad that Gundy didn't. And it's embarrassing, honestly. Yes, it's embarrassing. Yes, it absolutely 99% is. 99% of the money, by the way. 99% of the money on Oklahoma State wow. to cover uh, one and a half. I hate that. I'm, I'm showing two and a half right now. Uh, Oklahoma State minus two and a half, minus 110 on either side. And, and look, I like the Oklahoma State side of that, but I don't love it. This is a no play for me. I think week to week at this point, we don't know what we're getting from Oklahoma State. 
Oh, you don't. Uh, here's what I don't understand. How did Oklahoma State make, I think, one of the largest moves in the college football playoff rankings? Moved up a bunch of spots. How'd that happen? They finally scored some they, points. Everybody loves I points. I guess so. I guess, is that what it was? Is that what it has to be? Because it took all of that, the return. You mentioned all of those screwy things to win by six or 11 or whatever it would have been if Jackson runs in at the end. But, I mean, they didn't win that. They won that. They were ahead going away, and they gave it all back. They they give up 40-something points. Everything that we thought about Oklahoma State isn't necessarily true in the sense that, do they really have a great defense? Or is it just okay? Um... I think that, I mean, until the OU game, it was great. Now, they've suffered some injuries here as of late. They've lost a couple of guys. They had to play two games without Colby Harvell. Peel, Rodarius Williams went out last week in the game against Texas Tech. Rodarius Williams allows Oklahoma State to do what Jim Knowles wants to do because you can put him on an island and then you can be aggressive everywhere else. So I think that that was a huge factor in that game. Alan Bowman did not have a very good first half, had a great second half after Rodarius Williams went out. So I think the injuries have been a bit of a factor, but um, But I think think this defense was – Yeah, they were a 10 out of 10 for six weeks, and now they're looking like a 7 out of 10. Okay, fair enough. When a team suffers injuries, it's okay to change your opinion of they're no longer great or they, their defense isn't as good as we yeah. thought. That's okay to say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and okay, and, and they might good. not be. I, I don't. Last week's game was really screwy. Uh, the OU game, I just think that Lincoln Riley can beat up any good defense. Good offense beats good defense in 2020. Yep. Uh, and you had the the weird tipped interception that hit the ground that gave OU a free seven. I, that game was just screwy. Um, last week's game against Tech was weird. This game against TCU, I think, is a big week for Oklahoma State to prove defensively that they are what we thought they were for about six weeks. Because if TCU puts 35 on them, then yeah, no, they're, they're not nearly what we thought. But if Oklahoma State yeah. wins this game 27-10, to 10, then maybe they are yeah. what we thought, and they just had a couple weeks where things went wrong. I think that's what's more likely to happen. TCU's terrible. They're not going to score any points. Uh, I would take OSU in this one. I know you're no playing and you're scared of it. Here's a line that I thought was a little crazy. If we're staying in the Big 12 real quick, Texas minus seven, minus eight and a half. I'm seeing it open at eight and a half. I'm looking at it at seven right now over K-State at K-State. Has Tom Herman lost the room? Um, boy, that's 76 a good question. Of the money, 76% of the money on Texas, 47% of the bets. Um, 53% of the bets on Kansas State. I, I, I don't know if, if, if these guys, you know, traditionally, uh, historically, I should say, Texas isn't great as a favorite. Tom Herman isn't great as a favorite. They're better when they're sort of coming up from behind. And, and I, I, I don't know that this Kansas State team is great, but they battle pretty well. I know that they choked against Baylor and they're not, and they beat OU. So it's all screwy this season. It's hard to handicap anything. But I don't know if I trust Texas, do you, at this point? No, I think you're right. I think Kansas State plus seven is the play. I don't think Texas yeah. uh, can be trusted. I don't think Tom Herman can be trusted. Is he out? Is he out in, in Austin? Uh, I I can't imagine how they keep him at this point. I mean, I don't know what I kind mean, of money the money. Yeah, if, if somebody wants yeah, to cut the check. Well, isn't Shaka Smart sort of dealing with that same situation? They didn't want to buy him out either, right? So, I mean, obviously they're a lot better this year than they have been early on this season, Texas, they're playing North Carolina as we record this, but uh, basketball-wise. Uh, but, man, I can't imagine anyone's happy with with Tom Herman. I mean, they've underachieved again. 
I mean, massively this year and blame it on COVID or whatever you want, but everyone else is dealing with that same situation. Yeah, you're right. Let's uh, and they have more a, game. And they had a season's quarterback. And they had oh, a yeah. good quarterback. Yeah. I, I think Sam Ellinger is a big-time college quarterback. Do you He's really? not a pro guy. Yeah, I, I actually do. I don't think they've done anything to help him. All right, I think on a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 6. I'd, I'd probably go 7.5 or 8. I think this is a guy you okay. want on your team. I think he's a guy that dives for that extra yard. I think he's a guy that wants to be there. I think he tries extremely hard and is a grinder. Uh, you you know he was solely OG. responsible for their loss against Iowa State. Well, 90-10. Tom Herman was 10% responsible, but Sam Ellinger made one of the most boneheaded plays I've ever seen in my life, taking that sack to back them up out of field goal range. He had six no seconds. Question. Six seconds there's to stand no, in the pocket, and he just stood there like a statue. Yeah, that, that's not a good decision. Who knows what he's, who knows he's, what he's thinking? He's bad in one-score games. Go look at his record in one-score games. It's close to 500. Yeah, you, you're, that's indefensible. I mean, you're right. I can't say anything about that. All I'm saying is that if, if I was lining up a team, that's the, guy, that's the guy I want on my team. I mean, he reminds me of a little bit of a poor man, Colt McCoy. I was a Colt McCoy still in the NFL, by the way. Uh, Colt McCoy start. starting this week in the NFL. Yeah. He's, that, that, that tells you something right there. It's 10 years ago that he was at Texas. I think it's been 10 years. Yeah, 11. 2009 so, is whenever they uh, went to the national championship game that? and he didn't get to play. Yeah. That's right. How about that? Yeah, so there you wild. go. Uh, but – yeah, I like I like Sam Ellinger. I just don't think that they've helped him very much this year, no. or any other year for that matter. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't think Tom Herman's the guy. It's just a matter of whether they can afford to fire him and when they decide right. to do it. One more game that has quite a bit of importance for Oklahoma State this week, and then we'll okay. call it a day. West Virginia's okay. at Iowa State. Iowa State currently ranked number nine in the country. Only two losses. They lost to Louisiana the first week of the yep. season by seventeen, and then they lost to yep. Oklahoma State by a field goal. So only one conference loss for Iowa State. Oklahoma State needs uh, West Virginia to win this game. I would say it's a six-and-a-half point favorite. Do they cover that at home against West Virginia? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm sort of underwhelmed by Iowa State in a way, and I, I'm at the same time equal parts impressed that they've climbed all the way to number nine. If you're lining up Oklahoma and Iowa State right now, what's the line? I know they're playing West Virginia this week. What's OU and Iowa State? Neutral OU field. Yeah, rematch in the Big 12 title game. I think it might be more than that. I think it could be 12, 13. Yeah, there you go. That, that makes me think that Iowa State is – listen, they beat OU. Good for them. Uh, I don't know much about West Virginia. I don't know what they have, uh, what they don't have. But, man, this just seems like a field goal game to me. This, this just feels like a, a dangerously close 23-20 to 20 game again. Iowa State seems to have those, you know. I mean, I, I don't think Purdy's a guy that separates you from anyone else. He's a nice quarterback, but I don't think he separates you as a, as a solid team. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, I think this game's close. I think West Virginia could win it. Yep. They probably yep. won't because Iowa State is the better team, but West Virginia's got a pretty good defense. Um, I don't know. It's like you said about Iowa State. They're a very underwhelming ninth-ranked team in the country. They don't yeah. feel that yeah. good. Brock Purdy they, they, has some nice games. They did beat. They beat a very different OU team, though. I okay. But I don't know. They're man. sort of riding on that, right? I mean, that's the yes. resume builder, right? That's why that's they're ranked number nine. Yeah, that's their resume, right? And they're ranked number nine because OU keeps getting better and better, and then they can still point to the fact of we beat them, which th- that's a valid point. I mean, they should get all the credit for that. The fact is, though, that anyone that's paid attention knows that OU has really reversed course since those first couple games of the season. I don't know that Iowa State's gotten better. 
No, I don't know. And, and they should have lost to Texas a week ago. I think Texas kind of let them win that game. Texas lost it more than yep. Iowa State won it, one of those kind of things. Maybe so. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway. They were up late in that game. Texas was up. Or, I mean, um, yeah, Texas was up late in that game by by plenty. They should have won that game. Yeah, they definitely should have won that game. Um, all right. I, I think that's about it. Not a lot else going on in uh, in the world of football this week. We pretty much covered it. So, I don't, I don't We're not going to get your – we're not going to get your golf uh, picks from Cancun? Oh, yeah. You want my golf picks? Yeah, they're in Playa del Carmen nah. this week. Um, uh, I'm okay without it. I'm no, okay. No, no. I'm going to give them to you because you asked. Okay. Let, me, let me just look here. Okay. I had them yesterday for uh, we recorded our golf podcast. And, of course, my you gonna go with has the, frozen now. You're going to go with the Oklahoma contingent of uh, Quade Cummings and uh, Abe Anther, Quade and Abe? Uh, I do like Abe. I don't like Abe's odds. But I do like Abe. He's down now Probably to sixteen to one to win his first yeah. career PGA Tour event. Yeah, I can see that being. Yeah, it's probably not enough, is it? I mean, no. for you to take a chance on him, you want you need twenty to twenty-five and something like that. Yeah, I think Russell Henley at twenty-two to one is good odds. He's been playing really good golf as of late. I think Sebastian Munoz at forty to one is pretty good odds. He's playing the best golf of his career. I think Patton Kazire at sixty-six to one is decent odds. He's got a tenth and eleventh finish in his last two starts. His two previous wins came uh, on the heels of a couple of you know, around about 10th place finishes. So those would be my three plays. Russell Henley at 22 to one, Sebastian Munoz at 40 to one and Patton Kazire at 66 to one. I'm going Quake Cummins or nothing. How about that? Uh, Quake Cummins sounds good. You can find him at Boomer 250 to one. I mean, it's probably well-deserving at that. Well-deserving 250 to one. And by the way, Austin Eckrow, 300 to yeah. 1. So Vegas thinks Cummins has a better chance to win the tournament than uh, Oak Tree National course record holder Austin Ekro. Wow. We got a lot of local flavor in this thing, man. Yeah. How about that? So good stuff, okay. Andrew. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the golf. And we will do it again next week. We're creeping toward basketball right. season, by the way. It's almost NBA yeah. season. Yeah, we can talk NBA uh, futures next week and all those wins that Thunder are going to pile up. Oh, my gosh. They're going to get so many wins. I can't even hardly believe it. Tens of wins, maybe. Uh, ones, ones and twos of wins. I think the Thunder could get. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Good good. stuff, Andrew. Have a good weekend. Okay.